0: Y'all sound good this morning. Uh, Corey's gone. I think this is the last time for a while. He, uh, His daughter, it was state finals for rodeo this week, and so they went to someplace in Kansas. I had the name and then I lost it, but anyway, I'm not sure how she did. I haven't heard, uh, but anyways, he's, he's on the road doing his thing and uh, being a dad, being a husband. And going and chasing that rodeo dream for his daughter, and so anyway, uh, we rejoice with him because this is a time that he gets to get filled up, and he gets to go and, and uh, get recharged, and so uh, it's it's good. I know he he enjoys it, but he misses being here too. I know that too. So, um, but we we should uh, we should gather and pray together for him uh, and his family too as we get going on. So, uh, welcome this morning. Welcome to Beecher Island. Uh, Corey always says it, so I always say it too. Beecher Island is an independent, non-denominational, Jesus-loving Bible-preaching church. And we are here right now and we are gathered, and I am blessed and honored to be part of this family that we have right here. It is, it is so good. I love what we have going on down here at Beecher Island. And so, with all that said, uh, let's go to him the a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this day, God. We we thank you that that our brother Corey can go and be a dad and be a father and chase some dreams and and God, we just ask that you be with them as they travel back and and finish out this rodeo season uh, until fall. God, we just thank you for this time we have together today to come together and worship you and fellowship. And God, uh, I just pray that. That your word gets brought forth, that we can all get something from it, that we can open up our hearts and leave here a better person than what than where we came. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Uh, if you got your Bible, we can crack that thing open. We're going to be in 2 Corinthians this morning, 2 Corinthians chapter five, on this Memorial Day weekend, long weekend. I think every weekend of a farmer rancher is a long weekend. I think it's about a seven day weekend something like that. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, we're going to be uh, kind of studying and reading through verses 14 through 21. So I'm going to read that to you this morning and then we'll get rolling on. So 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 14, starting there says, "For Christ's love compels us, because we are convinced that one died for all and therefore all died." And he died for all, that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. So from now on we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though once we regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. My Bible has an exclamation point right there. Does y'all have Bible? The new has come. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Man, there's a lot of depth there. There's a lot of words there. And and as I study that, as I look through that, I was just thinking of today is the day before Memorial Day. It is Memorial Day weekend. And Memorial Day is the day that we pause. We stop, we take a second, we commemorate those who fought and died for the United States. Those who fought and died for the United States of America, that we can have this life, that we can live here, in the freedoms that we have today is because of those soldiers. And that's why Memorial Day was started for the soldiers that fought and died, so we can remember that. I feel like it's very easy to take for granted our lives that we live today, I know I do each and every day, you know, on a daily basis. I take for granted how easy it is, and I think of other countries, and, and those that are being persecuted, they're being pressed down, and, and we, even, even in our worst, sometimes it's not as, not as bad as their best, you know what I'm saying? We're so blessed, and it's easy to take for granted that. And I think about the people that don't even care about what they have these days. You can turn on the news and you can hear, um, you can hear people talking and, and it's like they have no regard, they have no care of what others did before them to give them the life they have today. And I, I'm saddened by that, that here in America we live in the greatest nation in the world and there are still those that, that live in this nation that dog on it. And we are one nation under God, I have to say that. We are one nation under God and I don't care what anybody else says. Whether they believe in God, whether they don't, they live here in America and we are one nation under God. That's the way it was designed. And I just pray that it continues to be that way. It's, in my opinion, not really a choice. That's just the way that it is. But I stop and think about the soldiers that have fought and gave the ultimate sacrifice for the freedoms that we get to have here today. They fought and died so that we could have life. I've had some distant relation, a few a few uncles that uh, that were in the military and fought fought battles, uh, but no one real close to me. I haven't heard a lot of stories from my own personal family of, uh, and and I haven't had to ever witness someone from my family dying because of battle. And I know there's people in here that have been in the military, and probably those of you there might be some in here that have lost some people due to battle. And, and we remember those today. But I do remember a story from when I was a little kid. There was this man named Fred. And Fred worked with my dad. And one Saturday, uh, I was able to go to work with my dad. And, um, and for some reason, and, and Fred was in Vietnam. And he never talked about the war. He never talked about his time there uh, in the military doing what he had to do. But for some reason that day, he had to get something off his chest. He had to open up his heart. And so he did. He opened up his heart to us and 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 he had he struggled he had a hard time getting through this story and we sat there just listening and he told us that he was on a boat a ship i don't know how big this boat was but the commander i don't know what you even what what you would call it that he had a platoon i suppose of soldiers and, and this commander whoever it would have been lined them up on this ship this boat and they're going to this place where they're going to attack I suppose the Vietnamese, I don't know all the details, but I suppose that's the war he was in, that's where he was headed. And the guy that was talking to him was encouraging him. He's telling him, this is what we got to do. This is what we're doing. Uh, it's going to be bad. It's going to be bad. And I remember Fred telling us that that guy had told all of them to look to your right and look to your left. And there's a good chance that those two people will not be with us today after we get done with this battle. And so they got to where they were going. They engaged in this battle, and by the grace of God, Fred is still with us today. As far as I know, I haven't heard from him for a lot of years. But this is when he really got choked up, and I apologize for the graphicness of this, but as they were cleaning up after the battle, they had to go and take care of the dead, take care of those that had lost their lives during that battle, and he walked over and he picked up a helmet, and then this helmet was the head of his best friend. And that guy, I, I, I sat there and I listened and, and I didn't have any words to say. But it was that man who had lost his life so that others could live. I don't know, they're, they're in the battle. He, he died so that we could live the way that we live today. And there are thousands and thousands of stories just like that. Many that are different. I think about those that have went on before us. Back in 2008... I was working for the National FFA organization, and I had the opportunity to go to Washington, D.C. for a summer. So here was this hick cowboy headed out to Washington, D.C. to be in there with all the, the gurus and all this and that. We had uh, we brought students in, and, and they were just as hick as I was, maybe even a little bit more rednecks, whatever you want to call it, farm kids, ranch kids. Never been on a plane, never been out of their small town, and they were headed to Washington, D.C. And I got the privilege and the honor to be one of those that would facilitate all these all these students and teach them about leadership skills and teach them these things in our nation's capital in this nation this one nation under god we were right there in the, in the capital and it was cool to be there one of the one of my favorite things the whole week is we would take the students to the mall the national mall which is where all the monuments are that's where the memorial is the washington memorial and then we have all the wars. and i love we just kind of turn them loose but i love going and walking through those and reading names that were on the on the different memorials as we walk through there. But the thing that topped it all off, the thing that top it all off, my favorite part of washington d c was Arlington National Cemetery, and walking up the sidewalks and seeing the rows and rows of graves and it was i don 't want that to be the thing that was that makes it sound like that was my favorite i 'm not saying these graves were my favorite, but the the pristine condition the 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 order and the and and the perfection that it took to make Arlington look, and everything was lined up just just exactly it, it didn't matter which way that you looked, it was lined up. And as we went up the sidewalk and as we as we went through uh, went past JFK's grave and then we'd go up, my favorite thing was a change in the guard of the two of the unknown soldiers. And these people that had this 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 monument, this memorial that was built for these people. that We don't even know their names. We don't even know who they were, but they died for America. They died for us. And these guards would go out there, and if you've ever seen it, it's one of the most amazing things that I've ever seen a human being do. But they're so pristine. They are so perfect. They are so... They, they did everything, the, the cadence, the steps, the, the, the number of steps, and the, and the spacing, and the way that they walked everything was so perfect. And it was all to honor those that have gone and died and went on so that we could have life right here. Man, what an honor that was. What an honor that was. We remember the soldiers of who they were, of what they did before they died. We should let that resonate, we should let it ripple. We should let it encourage us and inspire us to put our best foot forward. To live a life that they died for so that we could have it. With that idea of Memorial Day in our minds and the sacrifice and the pride and the honor and the selflessness that these soldiers have, we bring bring ourselves to where we're at today. We're right here in church, right? right? Right down here at Beecher Island. We're sitting in this room right here. We're here to worship our Creator, right? Today would be a good day to listen to a teaching about a death of someone in the Bible that changed the course of history. Who gave the ultimate sacrifice. Who died so that others could enjoy life. To dig into the scriptures and find someone between the pages who had a perfect life. Grew up with two loving parents. Feared God. Prayed constantly. Always did the right thing. Someone who died for us. Someone who died for you. Every time I get to stand up here at this podium, I always make sure that I make it a point that no matter how many times you have heard it, that I'm going to preach the gospel. I'm going to preach the gospel. I'm going to preach the good news because even the strongest, deepest, faithed person in this building right now needs to hear the good news. You always need to hear the good news. And just as I said, we can search through God's Word and find that person that I could talk about today. And I'm guessing that you're thinking the same person that I'm thinking. Jesus Christ is that man. That man that did all those things. And obviously, that is the one that we can search through and we can find Him every time. Every time. We have read and memorized Scripture about how Jesus gave His life for us on the cross. How He died for sinners. Just like you and me. And you know, at first glance, I'd almost have to say that part of my last statement would be wrong. The part about the death of someone in the Bible that changed the course of history, because, well, first of all, I want to say that it did not change the course of history. God had this planned out from day one. That Maybe it made other people think that that's not the way that the trajectory of history should go, but God had it planned out, so that's the way that that goes. But the part about the death of someone in the Bible, because... Because as, I, as it was brought to me here uh, through a sermon a couple weeks ago, when we study the book of Acts, when we study the books of the book of Acts in the Bible, that is a continuance. It is written by the same guy that wrote the Gospel of Luke. And the book of Acts is a continuance of the Acts of Jesus. All right? It's not the Acts of the Apostles, it's the Acts of Jesus. And it continues on there. And when we, when we dive in and study the book of Acts, the Apostles clearly did not preach a gospel of Jesus' death. That did not happen. He did not preach a gospel of Jesus' death. No, they preached and they teach and they ministered a gospel of the fact that Jesus lived. That he lives. Like, why, why would these Apostles need to go around... Telling everybody that Jesus died because when they when they crucified when they arrested Jesus it was a big deal. Everybody was there. Everyone saw that. Everyone saw that he got arrested. They saw him flogged. They saw him beat. They saw him put the crown of thorns on his head. They saw him put the cloak the the, the um, purple robe over him. And they 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 said it. They said hail to the. Why did they need to go preach his death? They saw him hang on the cross. They saw a couple men come and take him off and put him in a tomb. Th- that's what they expected. Why would the apostles need to preach that? No, they, they preached a the gospel that Jesus Christ lived. That three days later he was raised again. And then he came back and he wandered around still. He was in the flesh. He was still alive. He was alive. Man. So that's why I thought that I was wrong. Because of this, because of this death. That Jesus lives. So, so why do we need that? And, and right there we just read, uh, 2 Corinthians 5.21, says, For our sake He, meaning God, made Him, Jesus, to be sin who knew no sin, so that in Him we might become the righteousness of God. He gave us life. He gave His life for us to have life. And if my, at my first struggle, if that, uh, that Jesus is alive, which He is, by the way, then why would there be a need to remember Him? There are people that have passed away that have gone on before us, and yeah, we, we remember those, but you all are still alive right here. There's no need for me to go and remember you. So if Jesus Christ is alive, then why do I need to remember that? That's what I'm struggling with. And that's Sometimes, do you ever get in the Bible and you just come way more confused than what you started with? Like you think you're going to go find an answer, and it's like, whoa, I, I don't know. And so I, I kept digging. And I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why we need to remember Jesus and His death. Because he told us so. Because He told us so. Because in the flesh he did die, he did pass away in the flesh. God had to send His son to come and be like us so that we could associate with him, so we could understand so we could understand that God understands. Does that make sense? We're here on this life, and we're humans, and we're walking around in the flesh, and, and sometimes we look at what God created in this world, and the, and the stars, and the sun, and the moon, and, and, and all these animals, and all this thing, and, we, and sometimes we have a hard time wrapping our brain around the fact that one God, one Creator could have made all of that. I've been there. I've had doubt before. I don't know if you have, but, but God sent His Son down to walk in the flesh. To become one of us so that we could understand that He understands. I want you to take yourself to the Last Supper for a moment. And if you know what the Last Supper is, this was the time that Jesus was in the upper room. And He was hanging out with His disciples. And this was just a little while before He was arrested. Before He was ultimately crucified on the cross. So take yourself there for a minute. Take yourself and imagine, imagine being there with Jesus Christ right now. Imagine, imagine his, his 12 disciples around Him and, and maybe you've got a chair over there in the corner. Although I would guess that Jesus would say, pull that chair up, get it right on in here. You know, he, he invites us to do that. He invites us to come to His table. Put yourself there for a second. They're in the upper room. Shortly before He's to be arrested and ultimately crucified, He's telling them again that He is about to die. And they begin to break bread. And this is where it comes. In Luke twenty-two nineteen, 19, He took bread, gave thanks and broke it, and gave it to them saying, This is My body, given for you. Do this in remembrance of Me. Jesus tells us to remember Him. So we are to remember Him. We're supposed to remember Him in the flesh, what He did down here in the flesh. We are to take in and see and feel and hear what Jesus did in the 33 or 34 years that He walked this earth. That He was here in skin just like ours. With hands just like ours. With feet just like ours. Living as a servant, just as He would call us to be. We are to remember that. We are to remember that Jesus Christ came and He was in the flesh. In the flesh, Jesus did amazing things. He healed the blind in the flesh. In the flesh, He taught at the temple. In the flesh, He was tempted by the tempter. In the flesh, Jesus roamed the desert. In the flesh, Jesus was baptized by John the Baptist. Jesus was a shepherd to His flock in the flesh. In the flesh, Jesus wept. In the flesh, Jesus prayed. In the flesh, Jesus performed miracles. He fed the hungry. In the flesh, Jesus loved. We know that Jesus was crucified in the flesh. He died and was put in a tomb in the flesh. And we are to remember what it was like while He lived a life that we should all strive to live. He came down here as an example. As an example of how God would love us all to live. He didn't have sin. That's the difference. We've all got sin holds us back. He didn't have sin, but it was a good example. This time we can accept the grace. We can accept the grace of Jesus Christ. We can call ourselves Christians. We can come to church and learn more about Him. We can be saved. But if that is all we do, we're missing the goodness. We're missing the fun. We're missing the excitement. We're missing the journey of living as a follower of Jesus. Again, remember that Jesus, He came here as an example, as an example of how to live, how we are supposed to live, right here in the flesh. Paul tells us there in 2 Corinthians five eighteen through twenty, all of this is from God who through Christ reconciled us to Himself, not counting their trespasses against Him, man, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. That is what Paul's saying. Be reconciled to God. He has a ministry of reconciliation. We looked up in the Strongest Concordance last night to see what reconciled means when we look into the King James Version of it. And, and reconciled means to change or exchange from enmity to friendship. Be reconciled to God means to become a friend to God. Stop living your life in sin. Stop going against Him. Stop being an unbeliever. Stop doing all these things that the devil's telling you that it's okay to do that. Be reconciled. Come and, and change. Just, just change your direction and start heading on that, on that direction that leads to God, the friendship to, that, that He wants to have with us. He started it. He was the one that, that, that made the first move to become our friendship, be, become our friends. All we have to do is accept it. All we have to do is accept that grace and say, God, I want to be your friend. I want you. I want you. So we are to remember Jesus Christ, who he was, you know, just like we kind of like we remember those soldiers. (laughs) What he did before he died, we should let that resonate. We should let that ripple. We should let it encourage and inspire us. To put our best foot forward and live a life that He died for so that we could have it. So as we think about what the soldiers did for us, as we think about what Jesus did for us, take this time to turn your thoughts inward. Point your brain inside for just a moment. If you were saved. If you were saved. By the way, uh, any time that you see the word if in your Bible, you should circle it and underline it like three times because that's God's wanting us to think. He's wanting us to think. When we see the word if, it's kind of a question. It makes you, makes you look at yourself. If you are saved, <laughs> if you have accepted the blood of Jesus Christ, if you have professed with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believed in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, I have good news. You ready? This means you have Christ in you. This means you have Christ in you. Sounds pretty simple, really. This means you have Christ in you. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new is come. The old is dead. The old had to die so that the new could come, right? I'm going to be honest. I'm going to be vulnerable here for just a minute. I used to struggle with this verse. I used to struggle with this verse. I always thought that God made me just the way that I was, and that's the way that He liked it. That's the way that He wanted it. Just because I was saved didn't mean that I totally had to change who I am, totally change to a a totally different person. How could I? How could I live up to God's standards yet still be the fun-loving cowboy and hooping and hollering old me? But it happened. It happened, and it was proven to me last weekend. I told this story a little bit at the beginning of service last weekend, uh, but I'll just kind of use the abbreviated version. There was a man named Jeff that came up to me, and I didn't—I don't know him that well. I met him a few times, and he comes up to me, and. And he told me some pretty awesome things I'm going to tell you this right now that we had had a big week it was I was feeling beat down I was exhausted maybe more than I've ever felt exhaustion before my muscles were tired and 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 uh, I was whooped all I really wanted to do was go home and go to bed and get some good sleep and get some good rest but there was this man named Jeff and he comes up to me in all my tiredness and, and in my tiredness and in my like on the inside I was falling apart I, I had this, this, this shell on that made me, I mean, I was smiling and I was putting on my vest and whatever, this or that, but inside I was like, golly, there is nothing that I'm doing right now that I feel like I'm glorifying God with. I'm just, I'm just trying to survive. And this man comes up to me, and he begins to uh, say some pretty neat, neat things to me. And he said, he said, Tucker, do you know that you're surrounded by some really awesome people? I'm like, yeah, man, I'm, I'm pretty blessed. Yeah, it's it's a good, yeah, there's good people here. And he said, no, seriously. You you have something about you that draws people to you. And I'm like, well, you know, I, you know, I, I just said, you know what? And, and it, it dawned on me right then. I knew what he was talking about. Because in, in that moment, I'm falling apart. I'm tired. I'm wore out. There is nothing, nothing about me that is very much fun to be around at this point. But he saw something inside of him. He saw something inside of me. He uh, has jumped on Facebook and he sees some of the posts that I put on there, and he says, "Man, some of that stuff it just vibrates with me all week long." But what that man was seeing in me was not Tucker Laughlin. At that moment, was not he was seeing Jesus Christ. And I've prayed for that, God. I want to live for you. I just pray that, pray that. Jesus comes through. Let, let people see His light when this happens. And, and so when I realized that, when I realized that what He was seeing was Jesus, that that, that, that thing was the thing. If there was anything that is attracted to me, it's Jesus. And that's, that's all there is to it. And I don't want any of the glory for it. And I told Him right there, I said, man, Jesus is good. God is good. Jesus died to save us from our sin. But I'm a new creation. Because I'm saved, I'm a new creation. When you are saved, you don't have a choice but to become a new creation. That's what it says. You are a new creation. It's not like if you want to be, you can become a new creation. That's not what it says. When you are saved and when you accept Jesus Christ, you are a new creation. There's times we don't really feel like it, maybe. But you are. That's how it is. God has forgiven you for your sins. He has cast your transgressions into the sea of forgetfulness. He says that, not me. As far as the east is from the west, he says that. I don't say that. 2 Corinthians, 5, 14, 2 Corinthians five fourteen says, "One has died for all; therefore, all have died. And he died for all, that those who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who, for their sake, died and was raised." Man, maybe when, when, when we start living for Jesus, when we start, when we become that new creation, we can live for him. We are a new creation, and we live for him. It happens, whether you want it to or not. If you are saved, you are a new creation. I'm a believer that God uses the words born again. So that we can understand how to become a Christian. God knows how to how we struggle with letting things go. I struggle with that. He knows we have a hard time with change. But think back for a minute to the last baby you saw. The last baby started. Think about your own kids. The, day, the first day that they were born. Can you tell me that they looked exactly the same on day two as they did on day one? Them little dudes change all the time. And, they, and it just blows my mind. It blows my mind. God allows us to be born again. But when that happens, He wants us to begin the process of change. Maybe we should, but I don't know anyone in this room who is named or goes by the name of Apostle Paul. I don't, I don't know if there's anyone here who, who Jesus came down in this beam of light as his name was Saul at that time as he was walking to Damascus. And Jesus comes down in this beam of light and he says, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? And he was blind for three days and three days after this all happened these scales came off of his eyes and Saul turned around and went 180 degrees the other direction with all the fervor and all the power and all the might that Jesus could give him at that time and he was going 180 degrees the other way. He wasn't persecuting Christians anymore and, and he, was, he was rolling with it. And because of him... Christians are what we are today. He's the one that kind of set that movement up and understand it. He preached that Jesus is alive. How many of us are like that right now? Man, I'm not. I, I, I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm trying to be born again. I'm, I'm just changing just a little bit. I can't be like Paul. I don't know who any, uh, anybody else is like that. If you have had Jesus Christ come down to you and do that to you, I want to hear the story. So if you have that, I want to hear it. Man, he just with blazing speed God did a mighty work in Paul. He did. And when we we're saved, the thing is we have the same access to that spirit that was working in Paul. We have the same access. And God can do a mighty work in you. But I also believe because the Bible says so God gave us this thing called free will. And I'll tell you this, we can only God will only work in us as much as we allow him to. God will only reside in us as much as we give Him space to reside in. Many people say, and I think it's awesome, it's a great saying, they say uh, that we are to put God first. I'm going to tell you this. Spoiler alert. God already is first. God already is first. And He's also the last. He's the Alpha and the Omega. Not because I said it, because He said it. He's already first. So the choice is yours. It's up to you to allow Him to be first in your life. How much of that first that you give him is how much he can work in you. That's all there is to it. That's all there is to it. Again, 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. He is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. So I guess you have a choice. Right now you have a choice. You can keep right on dragging that old dead guy, person, woman, whatever, along with you and let him keep dragging you down. Or you can just start cutting loose. And if it's tough to let him go all at once, just a little step is just enough. I, I would love for you to turn 180 degrees around. I'd love for me to turn 180 degrees around. But for some reason, the devil's holding us back, and sin holds us back, and we, for, for whatever reason, we hang on to some of that stuff. But if you can just start cutting it loose, just a little bit, just a little bit, and ask God to help you. And when God starts helping you, it gets easier. And the more you cut loose, the easier it is to cut. I don't know what's going to happen. If you start doing that... Power of God's coming in you. Oh, big things are gonna happen. Big things are gonna happen. So, like we've done with the soldiers who have died, like we've done with Jesus who died in the flesh, this is my challenge to you today. Remember who you used to be before you were saved. Because that one's dead. And we can remember that what you did before that part of you died. Let it resonate. Let it ripple. Let it encourage you and inspire you to put your best foot forward and live so you don't have to die. Today, I'm going to challenge you. Today, I'm going to challenge you. In this moment right now, I'm just going to ask you to bow your head and close your eyes. Don't fall asleep on me. Bow your head and close your eyes. In this moment right now, I want you to think long and hard and deep about your own personal salvation. I'm going to ask you a series of questions. You don't have to say anything out loud. You don't have to come forward. You don't have to raise your hand. This is between you and God. You just chill out right there, and I'm going to ask you a series of questions. Number one question is, are you saved? The next question is, have you accepted the cleansing power of the blood that Jesus Christ shed for you on the cross? Or in your mind, is Jesus still hanging there? Have you professed with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord? Or have you not been able to get those words to come to the surface yet? Do you believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead? Or in your heart, is Jesus still laying there in that tomb sealed with soldiers standing guard? If you are seeking, if you are wondering, if you are unsure of any of these things, today, right now is the time. Right now is the time to ask Jesus to come in your heart. Ask you to forgive you for your sins. To help you have an understanding of the importance of this moment. This is between you and God. You can open your eyes. So what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Are you going to sit here on the banks of your faith and just watch as Jesus goes by? We can wave them palm branches saying the Messiah is the King whatever. And then we walk out them the doors and put the palm branches down. Or are you going to get in the middle of that river and you're going to swim? You're going to see where the current takes you. Because I'm telling you what, it is a journey. It is an adventure what Jesus Christ can do for us? Are you truly going to allow yourself to become a new creation? Are you truly going to allow God to do His work in you? Are you truly going to allow the old stuff to come off and the new to come? What will you do when you leave here today? I'm going to invite the music team back up. So one last story I want to tell you. Some of you may know this story and some of you might not. But if you do, I'm going to tell it again. Tomorrow is Memorial Day. We've talked about, we've talked about soldiers and remembering what the, that they died for us so that we could have life. We've talked about Jesus, that He died for us in the flesh so that we could have life. We've talked about our old selves before we were saved that has died and gone so that we could have life. And and uh, even though this man that I'm about to tell you about was not a soldier, did not die for us in battle, he was a man of God. And God called him home a little, whew, a little over twelve years ago. <clears throat> His name was Steve. Sorry, babe. <laughs> Steve died in March of 2009. I was a student teaching down at Stratton. And uh, about a month after his death, I was laying in bed one night, I had this dream. And this dream was so real. More than any dream that I've ever had before. And this dream went like this. It, my phone rang. I had an old flip phone. My phone rang and, and I looked at it and it said restricted. And I thought, well, that's kind of weird. But anyway, I went ahead and I opened it up and I answered it and I said hello. Before I tell you this next part of the story, I have to back up just a little bit. Every time that I would call Andrea and Steve would answer, or I would come into the house and, to visit Andrea and Steve was there. He was saying only a voice that Steve could say, hey Tucker, how you doing? And I can't do it like he did. But he would say it this way. And so when I answered the phone, I said, hello. And I heard a voice say, hey Tucker, how you doing? And I was like, Steve, you died. Like, you're gone. Like, how am I talking to you on the phone? I said, man, how are you? he said, Ed, I'm good. I said, what are you up to? And he told me two things one thing, I don't even remember what it was, but I know there's two things. One thing I don't remember what it was, the other thing was that he had to go to a meeting. So I don't know what kind of meeting there is in heaven. That we, Maybe he's going to meet Jesus at that point, I don't know. I'm guessing that it already happened at this point. But he had to go to a meeting. He said, how are you guys doing? I said, man, Steve, we're, we're good, we're doing fine. And then he left me with these words. He said, it is so beautiful and awesome. I can't wait for you to get here. Guys, I got a phone call from heaven. And you can believe it if you want to. If you don't, I don't care. But I know that Steve called me on the phone from heaven. And it is beautiful and it is awesome. And that is what we get as a reward for being saved, for knowing Jesus Christ right now. And if we know that we have that, what is there to fear? What is there to worry about? What is there to be nervous about? When we have that kind of power to hook onto the Spirit of God, we can do big things. He can do big things through us. Jesus gives us a challenge in the Great Commission to go and make disciples, preach, make disciples, and baptize people in His name of all nations. That's what He asks us to do. And I'll tell you what, as a new Christian, as a new believer, sometimes that's a pretty daunting task for us to be able to go out and preach the good news and the gospel to all these people and all these different nations and, and that, that we are saddled with that, that we're supposed to go do that? Maybe we'll get there. Maybe we'll get there, but you know what's cool? Well, we worry about those people that we might talk to, that they might judge us, that they, they might shut us down, that they, they think we're crazy for believing in the God that we believe in and believing that Jesus Christ is this guy that came down and was born of a virgin I mean, and all this stuff is crazy. And we're afraid of being judged by that. You know what's kind of cool? He allows us to do some practicing. I just discovered this last week. He allows us to do some practicing. Because in the King James Version, in Mark 16, 15, it says to preach the gospel to all creatures. If it's all creatures, that's more, more than just people. I was riding a cultist this last week, and I said up and my God on him. And he kind of threw a fit, and I started telling him the gospel. Do you know Jesus Christ? Like, I got him and me. Like it was easy. That, that horse ain't going to judge me. Your cat ain't going to judge you. Your dog is going to just be happy you're talking. Go up there and preach the gospel to all creatures. A little mouse running across the floor of your kitchen. Telling Jesus Christ is in here. He gives us that ability. I'm going to challenge you this week. I'm going to challenge you. Don't leave this church today the same person that you came in as. Go and think about living for Jesus with Him. And be with Him. Let Him be in you for the rest of the week. Go and tell some creature or human or otherwise about Jesus Christ. Let it come out of your mouth. Go spread the good news. It doesn't even have to be with your mouth. Sometimes it's just the way that we live. It means more just by living like you've got the power of Jesus in you. Love on people. And come back next Sunday with a worn out, empty tank. That you can recharge and head right back out there and do it again. That's right. That is good. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I just oh, thank you so much for your grace, for your, for your love. Yeah. And God, that you, would send, that you would send your son down here in the flesh, and, and God, uh, that, that we can learn from him, God, that we can accept. His death, His dying for us on the cross so that we can have life. God, I also just I thank You for the United States of America. And God, there's turmoil and there's things, there's disagreements, there's craziness going on in this world right now. And Lord, there are soldiers that have been called and been sent out to battle and they have died so that we can have this life here too. And God, I just thank You for that. And Lord, I pray that we can glorify glorify You by by. By just living the life in this country under you that you have called us to live, God, we thank you for those people that you took home. Took home earlier, God, we thank you that when we were saved, that there was an oldness about us that is gone, that has that died. And God, because of that death, we have a newness that comes on, and we are born again. And God, into. Uh, I just thank you so much that, that you don't expect us to turn 180 degrees right away, right now, and go the other way. God, you know, you understand that we have we have things that hold us back. And we thank you for that forgiveness and that grace. And we know that, that you have patience. You are a patient, God. Just like Howard was telling us earlier. You are patient. God, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for sending your son to die for us. God, as we as we finish up today, Lord, I just I just pray that your, your spirit is just on, on and in every person that's in this building right now and that they can leave and they can go and they can preach your gospel to something this week. They can open their mouth, whether it's another person, another animal, a tree. I don't. God, just open our mouths and let us get used to telling the good news. God, I thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.